In the early 1860s, America was torn apart by violent civil war. The South seceded from the Union, refusing to abolish slavery. Outnumbered and outgunned, the Southern rebels fought long and hard. The cost in lives and money was high for all involved. Together, these four young girls faced life during those dark days of the Civil War. This is the story of these little women. Hey everyone, welcome back to Every Version Ever. My name is Jonathan North, and today we're taking our series on Little Women in a whole new direction, talking about a 1980 anime version from Japan. This kind of thing is probably one of my favorite things about doing this podcast. It's a lot of fun to talk about the big, well-known versions of all these stories, but sometimes it's even more fun to find these super obscure, rare versions from other countries that the vast majority of people would have never heard of. And who better to join me in my search for the obscure than Jenna, aka Phantomwise. She's an expert on all things Alice in Wonderland, specifically tracking down rare and obscure versions of that story. But in her pursuit of foreign versions of Alice, I think she's picked up on a lot of insights into the way stories are translated and changed for foreign audiences. She's also a fan of many of the things I am, specifically animation, children's literature, etc. So when I found out there was an anime version of Little Women, I thought she'd be the perfect co-host for this version. And incidentally, there's actually more than just this one anime version, but we'll get into that another time. In the meantime, let's talk about this version of Little Women with Jenna on every version ever. The main reason that I wanted to do this one with, with you was because you've seen a lot of anime from this time period, specifically all those Alice things. And I knew Sarah probably wouldn't be that interested in this. And I didn't know a lot of other people who would be, I don't know, interested in an obscure 1980s anime. True, true. <laughs> Especially like kind of um, classic literature, uh, coming of age, slice of life. Yeah. And to be honest, um like my favorite in this genre is more Anna Green Gables, and I think a lot of more a lot more people would be like into watching Anna Green Gables anime than Little Woman anime. There is a, an Anna Green Gables anime. Yeah. <laughs> I, I still need to watch that, but I mean I, I understand it would be hard to find someone. Yeah. One of these days I'm gonna do Anna Green Gables for this podcast, but it's gonna be more of a time commitment than just the re a regular story because Anna Green Gables, as far as I know, has, has almost exclusively been done as series or mini series. Mm. There might be a movie or two here and there, but for the most part, it's a much longer watch time <laughs> compared well, to just watching some movies. Yeah, and I think even um, even the main movie series has like uh, multiple movies for Anna. Yeah, and they were mini series, so they're like extra long movies when when they're all put together yeah yeah so yeah it's a quite a bit of a time commitment <laughs> so or this was just an hour so. yeah this this one was not bad and this i i kind of happened on this by chance but apparently there are at least four adaptations in anime of either little women or one of the sequels there might be more but there, i know of at least four and i found one while i was trying to find this one again that was from the same series as one of the Alice's that we talked about. Let um, me know when you find that one. I, well, I found I oh, found it, but it's only in Japanese. I would really like to find it in English, but I don't know if that's going to be possible. That's funny. We can't find the Alice one in Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> that is strange. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so I guess my first question is how familiar are you with Little Women in general? I've read it. Um, it's not my favorite of this genre, but I've read it. Yeah. And I, I also refreshed myself before this and I was like, oh, I guess it's all coming back. So mm-hmm. familiar enough, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I read it and it was read to me when I was younger because mm. I think my mom read the whole series to us as kids and mm. I didn't have much interaction with the story between then and now. I've had like little interactions here and there, so I'm familiar with enough with the story, but it had been forever since I'd actually been through the entire thing. So I'm currently working my way through an audiobook. Um, mm. I'm about maybe halfway through the second half. So for the first time recording with you, because I've recorded two other episodes already, and I had not finished the, the book at that point. But this anime only covers the first half of Little Women. It was originally published in two halves. So Little Women was the first half. Good Wives was the second half. So this is just an adaptation of the Little Women portion. So just the first half. So I've actually read the whole thing that this covers. So I feel like I can speak with a little bit more authority on how accurate it is. Whereas with the other two that when I recorded them, I was only familiar with uh, other versions I'd seen and like the little the bits of the book that I'd gotten through in the audiobook. Now I've made mm-hmm. my way through that whole part. And it's kind of interesting to see how this one managed the material versus the other ones and what they took from other versions. <laughs> because mm. I noticed things in this that were pretty much directly taken from other adaptations, but not the book. Really? <laughs> Which was really interesting. That's interesting. As we go through it, you'll have to like tell me what's been taken from other adaptations. Yeah. There's this actually, quite actually a lot. only this is only my only little woman adaptation. <laughs> so you haven't even seen like the most famous one, the ninety-four version? No, I've heard of it. I, okay. I've probably seen screencasts, but I haven't watched it. Well, that's the one that everybody always talks about. It's like, this is the best version. I, I have heard about it. Yeah. I, as I'm watching through, there are aspects of different ones that I like and things that I think that they could have done better. So mm. I'm not like one of the 94 purists. <laughs> like there's a lot of people who just really love the 94 version. And I like it, but I can see flaws Hmm. although i will say in terms of like an adaptation it's better than this (laughs) This, yeah this one's kind of weird yeah it's very interesting (laughs) yeah i mean it's like technically i guess it's it is faithful to the first half of the book Mm -hmm. like technically i yeah like if you had to make me say whether it was like a faithful adaptation i'm like yes it is i guess um there is one thing that really confused me because i couldn't remember it in the book maybe we'll talk we'll probably talk about that more later i um, think i probably know what you're gonna <laughs> we'll get there <laughs> yeah, yeah we'll get there um but i mean otherwise i'm like okay yes technically technically it's okay but it does it do it well mm, you know maybe mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then the thing is i can't precise that that is the interesting thing about this because i can't say it doesn't do it well either because when i when i thought to myself does this sum up the first half of the book i was like technically yes 
you know. But on the other hand, it's like, is it how I would choose to adapt it? Probably not. It would be better as a series. Yeah. And eventually I would like to watch the series that came from this special. Because Mm -hmm. this was originally a special that spun off into a series. But I'm wondering, because I haven't watched any of those episodes yet. Mm-hmm. And from what I've seen, they changed all the character designs. So I'm wondering mm-hmm. if the series that followed this just kind of starts over, just like starts at the beginning and just works its way through the entire book. I don't know yet. We'll, fo- we'll find out eventually. I kind of hope so, because I feel like they didn't really give enough time to the stories they adapted. Yeah, that's, that's part of the problem here. <laughs> yeah. They really went fast. Like, it's only an hour. Yeah, yeah. They barreled their way through. To be honest, like, if if you gave me an hour, I'd probably only choose, like, at most, maybe two episodes from the first half of the book. Not, how much did they do? They did, like, six? They did a whole lot. They did a lot. And it's it's just, like, squeezing a lot into a little package. And a few things that weren't in the book so (laughs) let's let's start at the beginning yeah it kind of gives you a flavor as to how they're going to be changing the story because at the beginning they really hammer in that this takes place during the american civil war and they talk about what the war meant and i'm wondering if that's because this was for a japanese audience and maybe Mm. they didn't know too much about the american civil war and what it was about Mm. so i'm wondering if that's where this emphasis on the war came from because it is true that this takes place during the civil war and yes their father is off fighting in the war but it wasn't a focus of the story yeah i remember that they didn't really go into what the war was about in the story Mm. they might have mentioned it briefly but i can't really think of anything specific and i feel like if they had gone into like this didn't go into like super details on what the war was but it went into more than the book did, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that's what I I've, I felt like that. I, I did actually think it was good background context. Um, yeah, especially if it is for a Japanese audience who wouldn't. Yeah. Well, I think even for modern American audience, because like if you showed oh, this to yeah. kids, they probably wouldn't, you know, what's the Civil War. Mm-hmm. Um, though the, the part, they kind of say Southern rebels. I did know they said Southern rebels while showing the American flag. And I was a little confused at one moment. <laughs> The way that they phrased that whole thing, I was wondering if they were going to say that the March sisters were on the Southern side, but I don't think they were. Like, I think I I'd think remember that if they were in the book. I'm pretty yeah. sure they were not. No, I, I'm pretty sure they're right that their dad was fighting for the North. Yeah, but that's, um, that's what I was thinking yeah. anyways. But And then they go into it later, and you he was and but i agree with you they do not talk about the war that much in the book because i was kind of like oh wait oh yeah i I guess he was fighting in the civil war yeah (laughs) like you you don't really get that he's just kind of not there yeah it's mentioned briefly at times but yeah there was no like in depth as to what he was doing i guess it makes sense like for the time period though because everybody knew about the civil war yeah and this was released around that time, so yeah, everybody would have known anyway. Yeah, it's like so, preaching to the choir, right? Yeah. Like, war hard. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that, I did actually think that was really good background context. So, I mean, I think I'm gonna, I'll, I'd give them a point for that. 
Yeah, it's not something that I'm feeling too critical of them over. It's just an interesting addition yeah. that I haven't seen in other versions yet. Like I haven't watched, probably, I haven't even watched half of the versions that are out there. So maybe there's some that do this, but so far there's not been this much emphasis on the Civil War. Yeah. Moving on to the first shot of this gets me a little bit. When Joe falls over uh, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> That doesn't it start in the living room or something? <laughs> but they decide Joe falling over on the street is a better opening, and the well, doctor the... passes by and it's like, "Merry Christmas!" Also, get inside and get warm. <laughs> <laughs> some some of this, not that part specifically, but a whole bunch of this opening was taken from the 1949 version. Interesting and. I haven't seen it yet, but the 1949 version was based on an earlier version. So I'm wondering how much all these different versions are borrowing from each other in order to tell these stories. Because the the whole thing with her jumping over the fence and then falling into the snow and her sister's watching out the window and then going around and running and jumping over the fence again and then throwing a snowball at the window, that's directly from the 1949 version. Directly. That's so. I shouldn't. I'd be. I shouldn't be surprised. I've seen that with Alice and like the Disney Alice, but I am yeah. actually a little bit surprised. But I was. I was wondering because I was like, I'm pretty sure the book doesn't open with Joe falling. No. Yeah. There's little things that they added in that I don't really know why they added in, mm. but a lot of that. And then going inside, a bunch of that is from the 1949 version as well, but with some weird changes. Oh, like what? The whole scene with them practicing Joe's new script mm. and talking about this bad guy. In this version, they call him Lodrigo. Mm. It's Rodrigo. <laughs> Where did Lodrigo come from? <laughs> well, what I'm thinking is, um, I think, aren't like Western R's? hard for the Japanese. That's what I was thinking at first, but this is an English cast. And if it's not an English cast, they're doing a really good American accent. I mean, I think they're an English cast, but maybe like they just didn't realize it was supposed to be Rodrigo when they dubbed it. I, I don't know. But that was one of the strangest changes. It's like, it's Rodrigo. Like, that's not even a thing that is changed in other versions. Every version goes with <laughs> Rodrigo. <laughs> that was bizarre. It's just their it's just their own unique twist on it, you know, copyrighted. Can't steal it. It's ours. Maybe. There's there's <laughs> another one later too that's that's almost just as weird, but we'll get there. <laughs> the the then this I think is another addition because I don't remember this in the 49 version, but Beth is playing the piano for for them while they're doing the scene. Mm. And she hits a bad note on the piano. And she says, I hate playing this thing. I could just die. <laughs> I did think that was really weird because I was like, isn't Beth like sensitive? One? Like, yes, but Beth dies in the book. <laughs> it, oh my gosh, that's right. She does. She doesn't die in this adaptation yeah. because they're only adapting the first half. But in the second half, when they're adults, Beth dies. That's messed up. <laughs> so. That was just I, I like, didn't think about that yeah she does the fact that they wrote that in her saying i could just die and that, that's, that's in the, the 49 version i don't i don't remember her saying that in the 1949 version 
I feel like I'd remember if I'd heard that before. But I did. I overall though, I did think that was weird because I was like, um, doesn't like the wrong note actually fit in with the scary music she's doing really well actually with? It could, and the I don't feel like Beth would be too so dramatic upset about, about that. that. Yeah, yeah, it, it feels out of character to me. It felt like they wrote wrote that just to have her say, "I could just die." <laughs> I, I guess it's because. Um, spoiler alert! Uh, Mr. Lawrence gives her the piano later, but it's it. It probably was trying to foreshadow the fact that she has they have a bad piano and she needs a new one. But they yeah. they talk about that in the book in other versions too, without having her just. I don't remember her really being that about dramatic about it. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I don't remember her like deciding to die over it. <laughs> <laughs> She's on the deathbed. You remember that bad piano? Uh, it's going or me. <laughs> and she's like, okay, I'm going then. <laughs> yeah, that was a very interesting uh, in- insertion. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to my next bullet point. Does Lori stare in through the window in the book? Maybe, but that whole scene, that was also taken from the 1949 one. Because there's a whole thing with them in the living room, looking out the window at Laurie, looking through his window at them, and them talking about him. And that whole thing was adapted and shortened for this version. Like I said, most of this beginning part, a whole lot of this is from the 1949 version. Wow. I don't know, I'm just, uh, it's dumb, but you, you know how DeviantArt kids would, like, take a character and paint over it? It just reminds me of that. <laughs> they, they, this movie, paint over it to make anime. <laughs> that is kind of a good analogy. Yeah, it just, because that's so weird to me, because I was, well, I thought he was weird in general for staring out the window like that. Um, <laughs> well, And then I thought they were also weird, because it's like, hey, just because it's staring out the window doesn't mean he's staring into your window. How close are your windows? <laughs> I don't know. It, yeah. it was a weird opening scene, to be just to be honest. Part of that oh, probably... Joe's definitely the favorite, too. Like, she has too much attention. <laughs> She's always I, the favorite, I, I guess. Yeah, I was just going to say, I think that's kind of the case with most adaptations. Joe, Joe is like the hero of the story, so it's mostly told from her perspective because Louisa May Alcott kind of wrote the story with Joe as herself. Yeah, I did read that. So the first half of the book, especially, it's basically just her writing a story about her own growing up years. The second half, she ended up changing things a lot because she basically needed to have Joe get married. She never got married. She didn't want to get married. Mm. So the second half is where things started changing. But the first half, Joe is basically... Louise May Alcott. Because mm-hmm. I remember she is a lot of people's favorites too. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm kind of like, if it's Little Women though, <laughs> should be about all of them equally. But I'm... And the book is more equally. I mean, the book is about Joe mostly, but mm-hmm. there, are, there are full chapters dedicated to the other girls at times too. So most versions tend to focus on Joe. Yeah. Then we have Aunt March arriving and... Mm. I can't remember exactly how this all plays out in the book, but as far as I can tell, this was mostly taken from the 49 version because she arrives, gives them envelopes each with a dollar. The only thing different here 
and actually more book accurate than any other version I've seen is Aunt March has a parrot that talks because in the book, Aunt March has a parrot and the parrot is basically fluent in English. <laughs> which I forgot that. That was strange because it felt almost like something that a cartoon version would do. Like mm. in the book, the parrot talks to people and basically knows what people are saying and can basically conduct conversations not to the point of like a back and forth dialogue but to the point like if it were real you'd wonder is this parrot like halfway to human (laughs) because it seems to know a little bit too much (laughs) (laughs) it knows too much (laughs) take it out um but no i know what you mean yeah because parrots echo stuff that they don't like realize what they're saying yeah that's usually how parrots work (laughs) yeah I, I haven't seen a parrot in any other version so far. So that's a point for them in book accuracy. <laughs> okay, they have two points so far. <laughs> Another thing that is not book accurate is she says that Beth is almost 13. In the book, I'm pretty sure Beth is either 13 or 14, and Amy is 12. So I think they're aging everyone backwards a bit in this one. Making them younger than they were. Yeah, I was going to say, they look younger than that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they took off at least a year from each girl. Mm. Because I don't know, to me, Joe looks like she might be 12. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I guess that is anime, though. Like, everybody looks young. That is true. Yeah. Uh, And then also, like, we don't really see them. You know, I I, I guess it takes place over a year, but they don't really seem to get older. No, they really Um, didn't, did they? Yeah. So, I mean, I understand... You know, there's only so much budget, I guess, and mm-hmm. it is just a year. But I was kind of like thinking at the end, they would look a little different. Yeah. yeah. And in the book, it's more than a year. It might, mm. I think it might be two or three years, mm. probably two at least. Yeah. I can't remember for sure. So don't completely quote me, but I'm pretty sure the first half of the book, it's a lot more than a year. Um. Okay. And then I have another note. The mannerisms the girls have, especially Joe, are really modern Japanese. I was thinking that they acted sort of Japanese, especially like the bowing. Like yeah. Americans don't bow, but they bow in this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they would curtsy. It, it was kind of just an odd thing. And I wondered if they did it because they're doing it for a Japanese audience and they wanted to make do something familiar for them, or if they just didn't realize that Americans don't bow like they do. I don't know. They also, Joe does this like weird thing later. I forget where she does it, but she does this thing where she kind of like, yeah, like you did it. And I was like, what era girl would do that? (laughs) You're right. Not even American girls do that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Definitely for a Japanese audience, I think. Yeah. So following the scene with Aunt March, they Mm -hmm. go shopping, which is another thing pretty much taken from the 49 version even though something similar does happen in the book but the the way this don't they decide like to give up their money before like they don't even buy the things it could be something similar happens in the book but it's been long enough since i read this that it's not fresh enough in my head so i don't remember if they went shopping and then returned it but that's part of the reason why i say this is taken from the 49 versions because Mm. this pretty much exactly happens in the 1949 version and i just watched this one last the 49 version last week so that one's more fresh in my mind than however long ago it was that i read these chapters of the book 
but yeah, they go shopping. They buy these almost these exact things. I believe that Amy bought pencils in the in the forty nine version instead of pastels, mm. and then later she says watercolors. So I don't know if that's like an interchangeable thing, but pastels and watercolors are two different. They're mediums. two different things. I mean, I guess you can get pastel colored watercolors. You could. But anyways, that's what she buys. Something either pastels or watercolors. She uses Something both art. words. Yes. And Meg gets a hat and Beth gets music and Joe gets a book. I don't remember if I said that. Anyways, mm. they buy these things and then they go home and there's a letter from father and they eventually decide to go back and exchange all the things that they bought for presents for Marmy. I do think, because I'm, I'm fairly certain in the book, I don't remember if they read the letter, but they're def- they, I don't think in the book they go out to actually buy the things. They talk about buying the things. And I actually do like the change, that they go to buy the things and then mm-hmm. decide to return it. Though I have to take a point away because apparently that's not their original idea. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere in here is when they we're introduced to Marmy Mm. and we get the other big name change here because the reason that mother is missing at first here is because she's visiting the Hamnels or hand mills or hand mills. I I couldn't realize what they were saying. I couldn't figure out what they were saying, but it is the wrong name. The, The family in the book and all other versions that she is helping is the Hummels the Hummels. Yes. So they maybe just didn't understand the word the Hummels. But again, it's an American voice cast. You'd think that somebody somewhere along the line would have said, hey, this is the wrong name here. It sounds like, may- you know, I'm, I don't speak Japanese. It's, it sounds like maybe what they changed it to was a Japanese pronunciation of the name. Like that, you said that, it was Hanwell, like some yeah. something like that i couldn't quite make out it was an m and an n i th- i'm pretty sure instead of two m's and then an mm. a sound at the beginning instead of a u because mm. it's hummel in the book and all other versions but here it was like hamnel or han mel i couldn't quite tell which mm. it stuck out like a sore thumb to me because i'm pretty familiar with how the story plays out i know this family it's the hummels and they they never pronounced it right through this whole thing mm. oh yeah did you notice uh, joe's sign said on sign? reading keep out i did notice that and i thought it was <laughs> a little strange but i wasn't sure if that was like something that they would have said back then or no it's not <laughs> yeah I, I don't i saw it but i didn't I didn't know what they were going for, so I didn't even write that down. But yeah, I did notice. Yeah, pretty. I'm pretty sure it's. There's a lot of cases in animes. I make it sound like I know this, but there's a lot of cases in animes where they put like English, like sentences or words, but they don't necessarily have somebody who could check to make sure it's said correctly or mm. spelled correctly. So actually, this sign is actually pretty good compared to other animes that use English. Well, I guess we can file that with maybe the Lodrigo and the Hamnels. <laughs> <laughs> so the next morning is the big Christmas breakfast scene. Mm. And this goes by really fast. Like the, in the book, there's a lot of agonizing over whether or not they should give up their breakfast for the Hummels. Because this is like a once a year thing for them because 
they used to be a wealthy family mm. and they are now pretty poor. So to have this kind of a feast, it's a rare and special thing for them. So they don't easily want to give it up. And mm. they have this whole discussion about it. And here it's just the mother suggests that they give it to the Hummels or Hamnels. And they all agree that they should do that. Well, I mean, they feel bad before before she suggests it. But yeah. That's yeah. true. But that also, I think, was taken from the 49 version because... <laughs> there Is was there the... anything that's not from the 49 version? <laughs> there was a whole bunch of stuff in here that reminded me. like they, It was like they took the 49 version and then shortened it up a lot. Like even there was one bit of dialogue where in this version... Amy says, did I wear really nice clothes when we were rich? Something like that. And mm-hmm. I, in this version, she's asking this to Hannah. And Hannah says, just diapers. But that was from the 49 version because Amy was talking about how she, what she wore or must have worn when they had money. And Joe retorts that she was in diapers. And it was a funny moment. Like that was, that was a, a funny joke in that version. And here it was just kind of nonchalantly said. And it kind of it wasn't as funny as it should have been, mm. but that was, I, I don't remember that passage from the book at all. And if it was, I've forgotten it, but it was definitely from the 49 version. Just they swapped who said what. They talk about Lori being sick and it says in this one, he has a cold. He had something different, but I don't remember what it was called. And it probably was just easier to say he had a cold. But the thing that stood out to me was like, she goes to visit him when he is sick because he has something that she can't catch. So she's in this version, she's visiting him when he has a cold. She could catch a cold. Yeah, I actually <laughs> have that written down. Visit me and get my cold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the, they probably changed it to a cold because it was more recognizable, like it's a, a not life-threatening illness that he could have. Yeah. But she visited him because it was something that she couldn't catch, but a cold she could catch, so... <laughs> I did think that was weird. And especially later, doesn't she say something like um, when Beth gets sick, like I already had such and such. So I was like, oh, wait, okay. They are aware of how things are mm-hmm. contagious. Well, yeah. in, in the book, she and Meg had had scarlet fever when they were much younger and they'd gotten over it. So they were fine. Yeah. But, but Amy had not yet, which is why she was sent away. That but I mean, that's is- why, but, but I mean, like they know that how does how you you know sickness is spread yeah and she's like in this uh it's a cold not the sick you know not a disease mm-hmm. she can't get and she's like yeah yeah i'll, ha- I'll come over yeah it's fine you know <laughs> i don't know maybe we're more conscious of it because of what we're living in right now but I- also i have the note Lori feels too ill to help with shoveling but not too ill to escort her home <laughs> <laughs> But I, I guess if you had something else in the book, that makes more sense now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's just a, the change that this version made was to give him a cold instead. And that kind of is questionable considering everything else that happens. Yeah. It's a little confusing. <laughs> There's another line here that was very weird. <laughs> when, when, when they're visiting, he says, I hope it doesn't bother you that I'm so much richer than you are. <laughs> <laughs> And I did think that was weird, but it's it it is also like thing I I think I've heard kids say sometimes. Maybe and and in the and in the book, I guess to be fair, 
the subject of wealth is a pretty predominant thing throughout the entire story. Mm. And it is something that they think about, but it's not something that they like openly say to each other. (laughs) It's definitely not etiquette. No. Yeah. And etiquette is a huge thing, even in this version, like, especially with the way Aunt March talks to Joe about how she should behave. So I don't know. It just is a weird line to include. It It it, was. It made me laugh at just how frank he was i hope it doesn't bother you that i'm so much richer than you are <laughs> it it's also kind of weird etiquette wise because i mean i i said i heard kids say stuff like that but he looks like too old to say something like that yeah that was another thing that yeah. i thought was a little weird was he looks like a preteen looked right he looked like, a lot older than she was and yeah. in the book he might be a little bit older but not even probably a year old i think they're her. still the same same age though still in the book and he, yeah, he seemed. They're childhood older. friends. Yeah. yeah. Does Joe like also insult the portrait in the book? <laughs> I think she does, but the way she insulted it in the anime was a little funny. I'm... That was also kind of from the 1949 version. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> because they're talking about how, what his grandfather looks like. And she talks about him looking scary without knowing that he's behind them listening. And then she says something about, he seems nice too and he's like well i'm glad to hear that Mm. so they kind of took that from that version and then put their own abbreviated spin on it with this editor jonathan here i just thought i should clarify that since i recorded this podcast i've bought myself a physical copy of little women so i can better fact check myself and even though i still stand by my original thinking this adaptation borrows a lot from the 1949 version They may not be taking as much as I thought from there, especially where this scene is concerned. There is a similar passage in the book, but I think most of her embarrassment there comes from the fact that she remarks that Lori's grandfather is not as good-looking as her grandfather. She does also comment something about not being frightened of him, judging by like the look in his eyes in the picture or something. So, aside from all the things that I think they might have taken from the 1949 version, this may not be one of them. I don't know. Anyway, I just thought I should clarify, because we're going to keep talking about how much the anime may or may not have taken from 1949, and I just figured I should maybe step in and clarify that before we continue. Okay, back to the show. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's kind of how I was feeling watching this whole thing. Like, there was there were new things thrown in here and there, but everything was like a weird anime deja vu and the 1949 version they really shortened things up but they did it in such a way like this is something that i pointed out when we were when we talked about it for that episode even though the 1949 one it kind of feels like a play in that everybody doesn't feel like super natural but the writing the way they shortened it the way they combined scenes the way they made everything flow was really well done. Mm. And because this one is trying to shorten it even more and they're taking so much from that and some from the book and then some things they're throwing in from themselves, it doesn't feel right. (laughs) It doesn't feel cohesive. Yeah, yeah. Whereas even with the flaws of the 49 one, I would never say that the writing is a flaw because I think they did a really good job adapting a very long book into a two-hour movie Mm. and this it's like trying to adapt 
the two hour movie plus bits of the book plus throwing in their own ideas down into a one hour special and it doesn't flow very well mm. another thing i think um to do with that is from what you're describing to me it sounds like 49 like put like spins with a little humor right yes and yeah. uh, whereas this anime just kind of like totally misses the humor because it's like clumsy yeah. yeah it comes off strange instead of flying it i'm also wondering if the 49 version maybe that was i don't want to say it's their primary source because there are stuff there are things from the book in this version that weren't in the 49 version like the parrot but i'm wondering if they started with the 49 version and kind of worked their script backwards from that because at the time that this was written, that probably was the most recent version because there were some TV versions that I haven't seen yet, but I know they came between the 49 version and this one because this was released in 1980. So at least in Japan, the 49 version probably was the most recent version that they had to go off of. Mm -hmm. So that's probably why there seems to be so much borrowed from that instead of other sources. I'm feeling like this is like more because, you know, I, I've had a lot of experience with Alice animes um, and a lot of them do take things from Disney, the Disney Alice, but I've never, I've never experienced an anime that took this much from a different yeah. source personally. Like um, I've heard of it, but I've never actually like watched something like that, that was so heavily inspired mm-hmm. by a previous movie. I'm, I'm kind of wondering possibly maybe because little woman isn't as well known in Japan then like because alice itself is like really well known in japan mm-hmm. maybe little woman they depended a lot on the movie that's what i'm wondering yeah and there's another question if there's a there's probably a japanese dub of 49 maybe they got the ludrico and stuff from it it could be yeah i don't know that would be interesting that's a good idea all right um okay that's all the notes i have for the lori scene do you have any more Yes. <laughs> okay, go ahead. So uh, they, you, we talked about the talking about the picture of his grandfather. There's another yeah. picture that they talk about, which is apparently Lori's sister. Mm. And I don't think that that's from anywhere. Because really? I don't remember Lori ever having a sister in the book. I don't remember Lori having a sister in any version that I've seen. And... Well, the grandfather does make mention of a granddaughter who died years ago. As far as I remember, there is no indication that it was a granddaughter related to Lori. Mm. And I mean, it probably would have been related, but I, I well, think I would remember had if he had kids a sister. Who had kids? Yes, exactly. That's how I always interpreted that. It was another son or daughter that had this d- child that died. But in this one, not only is this little girl a child directly related to Lori, but apparently she looks exactly like Beth. Yeah. Which is another thing that I've never seen that before. Like in this version, they have the reason that Mr. Lawrence is so fond of Beth is because apparently she looks exactly like his dead granddaughter. And that's That's not not a thing. That's not a thing in the book. I I know I'd remember that because <laughs> he's like he's watching her and she like morphs into his granddaughter. Like her her hair changed, her clothes changed. He sees his granddaughter exactly in Beth, and 
in the book, in other versions, it's just Beth is sim in a similar age and she plays the piano. And that's why he takes a liking to her because it's somebody who can play this piano who is, which is sat silent for so long. And Beth is just a quiet, sweet little girl that so maybe sort of reminds him of his granddaughter, but not because she looks exactly like his granddaughter. <laughs> but they made it very specific that he sees her, his granddaughter in her because of how she looks. And that was weird. Yeah, like just looking it up right now really quick. Like I tried typing in Little Woman Kathleen, Little yeah, Woman I did the same Lori's thing. sister. And I, I'm just finding that he is reminded of his granddaughter. Nothing about. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not seeing anything about like her reincarnation. I'm kidding, but um, <laughs> no, I did. I did the same thing. I couldn't find anything because I feel like I would remember something like that, and I thought that has that's a huge oversight on my part if I've forgotten that Lori has a dead sister. So, and I searched and searched, I found nothing. Yeah, I mean, I, I found one thing where somebody was like, "I think it's a sister." <laughs> yeah, but, but somebody, like, <laughs> somebody's thinking maybe it's a sister's. Not yeah, the same as them outright saying it, and they well, could outright said it. I would think. Just looking really quick, I'm just trying to find if they even mention her name. No, I couldn't find that in in there either. The only thing I found was like every time I searched Catherine Little Women, it just kept bringing back to the 1930s version with Catherine Hepburn. <laughs> Maybe that's what she's the character's named after. If it's because I don't know, it seems like it could be. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe this is original. Maybe it's stolen from somewhere else. But the thing is, it gives it a really creepy subtext. Like he's trying mm -hmm. to replace his granddaughter with her. Whereas I don't think it's meant to be that way. No, I don't think they meant it that way. It just, yeah. it just read as creepy to me. <laughs> I also think it's weird because Lori never mentions it. Yeah. Like, wow, you look just like my sister slash cousin, whoever it is. You know, you think you'd be like, yeah, that photo, it looks a lot like your sister. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no that was a strange addition to this yeah yeah well i mean the whole lawrence and beth subplot is done very strangely in this mm -hmm. that's the thing it, it this is the kind of thing that would work better in a series yes yes um you know showing like the, the progression of her mm -hmm. like getting over the shyness and getting used to him and then bonding over the piano and yeah da 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 but she gets in like slippers like the first time that she was, goes that over was there. That was a note that I wrote too because that didn't happen until they'd actually become friends. Yeah. But this is like right off the bat, first thing before she's even really met him, she makes him slippers. Yeah. And then just leaves it there. <laughs> <laughs> it was handled weirdly. It was handled weirdly. There's not as much um, emotional punch to it too because it's mm -hmm. done so poorly. Mm-hmm. Another thing that I thought was weird in this was after they go home, Marmy kind of yells at Joe for insulting Mr. Lawrence. I don't remember exactly why she thinks he insulted Mr. Lawrence, but Marmy does not yell at her children. That's like a huge part of her character. She's a very soft-spoken, very motherly figure. She does not yell at them. If she has a lesson to teach them, she makes sure that they learn it from their own actions. Like she lets them do things and learn their, from their own mistakes. She does not yell at them when they do something wrong. That was so out of character. It was so strange. To see Another thing to consider is that would not have, like you don't discipline your children in front of guests as well. Right. But she's yelling at Joe in front of him. 
think think so yeah like that's i mean you know tell them not to do stuff in front of guests but they don't like yell at them Mm -hmm. um it would have been like unseemly yeah so i i think that it's definitely a part of the anime feel like oh it'd be (laughs) kind of funny if she lost her temper with joe and mr lawrence is like no it's fine you know i don't know yeah it was just weird and out of character Mm. also like doesn't aunt march isn't she supposed to be more shows you know oh you shouldn't do this not her mom yeah kind of aunt march was especially towards the end aunt march is way out of character <laughs> they they made a lot of changes partly i think it's fired by the 49 version mm. <laughs> but yeah aunt march is another one where they did something different with her <laughs> one other thing after the whole piano thing and all the weird changes there, mm. when it comes to spring, they have this scene that they have added in that I've never seen in any other version that I think they're trying to adapt. I think it's Sally Gardner and her mother gossiping about, depending on the version you're watching, but I think it's originally Meg and Lori in the book talking about Meg going after Lori for the Lawrence's money. But in this version... Mm. They have these two old ladies gossiping about them, acting like they're taking advantage of the Lawrences because they're poor and they and they want the Lawrences to give them money. Mm. And they're, they're saying that Marmy put them up to it. And then that segues into a speech from Marmy that's basically from the book, but really truncated, shortened down. And then a line from Joe, basically putting the whole thing on the nose. Then you don't care whether we marry rich or poor as long as we're happy. And that was the point of the speech that Marmy gave, but it was Marmy telling them that, not Marmy saying one line and then Joe coming back with that line. It was really weird. Yeah, I remember that. Well, I, I did think the whole thing was just weird that, I don't know, that that was a segue to we can marry whoever we want. I, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, it, it was a weird change that mm. I'm pretty sure it was from just this version having it be two old ladies gossiping about them because in the book like there's no parties in this version which is kind of strange because going to parties and social events is a huge thing in the book and that doesn't happen at all in this version Mm. but that's where it happened in the book was meg and laurie together at one of these functions and then overhearing some people gossiping about them i remember that yeah so but in this version they changed it to two old ladies saying that the, all of the March family are trying to take advantage of the Lawrences. Mm, yeah. And then that, that for some reason, that segues to the narrator saying, and on that night, Joe began her writing career. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. I was like, okay. Whatever inspires you to write, girl. <laughs> yeah. Was, but also, like, I was also confused because earlier, didn't, didn't she say, oh, I'm going to write. So I was like, I thought she already was a writer. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It was <laughs> some of the changes that they made didn't make enough sense. Mm. They also have a, a little insert here of Lori making them the mailbox for them to send things back and forth to each other. Mm. But they completely cut out all of the context around the mailbox from the book. They completely skipped over Lori joining their Pickwick Club, which is a huge thing in the book that is not in very many versions so Mm. that's probably why they ended up skipping it 
but they didn't even have Laurie joining in with their plays like they do in other versions. Because usually they combine the plays with the Pickwick Club in the screen adaptations. And they didn't mm. do that at all. They just have Laurie making them a mailbox. When the mailbox came about because of him joining their little troop of all their little hobbies that they do. Mm. Which was Because they did weird like thing. writing stuff, right? Yeah. Which is that was very that common for the time. There. Yeah. It was very common to like make family magazines. Yeah. Do they do anything with the mailbox in this? Or is it just a, like, I think oh, it was just the scene. Ah. But that, that happened with a few things where there's just like one scene and then whatever happened in the scene is never referenced again, including <laughs> this mailbox. Yeah. But then there's like an abrupt cut here where Beth finds the piano in their house they cut that way down. Mm. But even here, it just seemed like such an abrupt shift of scene because they go from the mailbox like directly to the piano. And then I think there's another cut right after that. Because like she goes to Mr. Lawrence, like they're, they're talking about him needing to go thank him. And then she goes over there, says, thank you. And then they kiss and hug. And then there's a cut to the next scene. they completely cut out everything else that happened around that and just thank you thanks (laughs) (laughs) it was weird wasn't our subplot great (laughs) yeah and now we come to the weirdest and (laughs) longest addition to this story that is i have never seen this in any other version and it comes back to the beginning with the focus on the civil war in the book, they do go on picnics. They do have outings, mm. but nothing like this ever happened. Yeah, it was like, I actually paused it for a moment and I went, I don't remember that. No, this did not happen like, in the book. Yeah, because I was like trying to like search it up. Like, am I forgetting something? <laughs> Unless I fell asleep listening to the audiobook and missed an entire chapter, this did not happen. <laughs> I, I didn't see it on Spark Notes. So I was. <laughs> Yeah, I guess we might as well just say it for people who are listening and haven't seen it yet. Yeah, they're on a picnic and they see a runaway slave rafting down the river. He crashes into some rocks and has, he's saved by Mr. Brooks. Right before this, you get the whole Joe is, doesn't really like Mr. Brooks, which is a mm-hmm. thing in the book. Like, yeah, a lot longer and with more emphasis than they give it in this one. Mm-hmm. But he jumps in, he saves the boy before he goes over a waterfall. <laughs> which is okay and <laughs> joe is like i always thought that mr brooks was a good man <laughs> so i think that's also when she does her you did it move like around there <laughs> which i'm like hey that's not this is weird stop it joe <laughs> like this is a weird <laughs> moment <laughs> um but specifically okay the the copy i watched is really bad quality uh-huh. but i was like i don't know there's something it looks not right. Like he has, you know, it looks stereotypical. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like it doesn't look like a, I don't know, but I like put it out there that maybe, you know, in a better copy of this, he doesn't look as bad. So I don't know. That just made me uncomfortable, but maybe like, maybe it's not supposed to look that dark. I'm not sure, but yeah, though, because the copy I saw was, I think, the same copy. It's yeah, it's not a, probably it's a very blurry kind of copy. Yeah. yeah, and well, that and I think the transfer itself is a little pixelated. 
but I was, I don't know. I was just like, oh no. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, It didn't, it didn't strike me as too bad, but that's probably because I've seen some really bad ones. Yeah. Like, Like they'll do like straight up blackface and this didn't seem like it was straight up blackface. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I am, I am some, somewhat aware that in Japan they don't like they still have depictions of black people in anime that are not racially sensitive. Mm. Um, but I mean, ultimately, I guess they use the kid to talk about the Civil War, so it it's not bad what they do with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'll give it that because they're talking about why the Civil War was fought, like why their dad is fighting for the North. Though I'm also he the kid disappears like the next day and I'm like what was the yeah. point? That's that was that was my thing too because <laughs> yeah. they have him go back to the Lawrences and Mr. Lawrence he basically guesses about his life and he says yeah he was an escaped slave his family was all killed so Mr. Lawrence offers to let him live with him and he'll be educated and it seems like that's what's going to happen he seems to agree with that but then yeah. the next day he runs away and he's never mentioned again. <laughs> <laughs> it seems so pointless i mean I, I just feel like if you're gonna bring in a runaway slave and have a character offer to educate them you know l- let them be in the story i'm actually i would be to be honest i would be kind of interested if they decided to go that route but mm-hmm. they didn't yeah um and so i'm like i kind of understand if he ran away because he was afraid they would turn him in mm-hmm. that would make more sense but they already said they wouldn't and that he would have a home and be educated. So I'm like, why did he run away? Mm-hmm. And even just plot wise, like why even include this? At just all? to explain civil war, the North was right, I guess. I suppose. I yeah. don't know. It was just. But I feel like if you did want to talk about what the civil war was about, I feel like there are better ways you could have done this instead of, you know, saving a black a black kid from going over a waterfall um it just it doesn't feel like it has that much to do with the civil war mm-hmm. i don't know just the raft and the epic rescue was weird it was weird yeah it felt very what a hero ah, <laughs> guys yeah maybe they were just like joe really needs to like mr brooks now because we don't have enough time to like actually dedicate mm-hmm. to her not liking him that much so let's just make him a hero yeah it was just all around a weird scene yeah i i would say hands down that's the bizarre scene in this yes definitely yeah Yeah. (laughs) so after that we're back to joe writing and we're told that she's now selling her stories and now we get another scene basically taken straight from the 1949 version of course where laurie comes over to visit her and beth goes up to the attic to tell her that laurie's there and she sneaks out and just basically directly from the 1949 version with him watching her climb down the outside of the house and then running away and him trying to follow her. It was directly from the 1949 version. Yeah, I didn't remember anything like that from the book. But... No, that was just straight from the 1949 version. <laughs> so, Is that whole dentist thing also? From... Yes, that's from the book. That's from the book. Yeah, that was another thing. I hadn't gotten mean, to that number point it's from the book oh it's from the book okay. yeah because when i watched this version i hadn't quite gotten to this part of the book yet and like the day after we watched this i got to this part of the book and i was surprised at how much of this was from the book oh. because and i was waiting for it in here but it wasn't in this version in the 1949 version there's this giant mechanical 
pair of teeth that's on the on the building. And I I mentioned to Sarah, I was like, would they have had something like that back then? But then the next day I was listening to the audiobook and that was in the book. <laughs> the, the giant <laughs> mechanical teeth outside closing and opening <laughs> just as like a basic dentist sign like come here for all your dental needs <laughs> with a giant jaw outside <laughs> and i thought that for sure that would be in here because this is already a weird version but that was one thing they decided not to bring over <laughs> maybe we should be thankful this <laughs> That is still kind of weird to me. I don't know where it's, it's so I don't know where they live because I I do know that Victorians did have like gimmicks for stores, but I feel like I don't know. I thought this was like more of a smaller community. Yeah, I don't know, but it was from the book, so yeah. <laughs> but then you get another scene that's sort of from the book, sort of from the forty nine version, but they don't put the emphasis on the correct things in the scene because she gets a dollar from selling a story. Mm. and like he's supposed to be like from other versions from the book Laurie's not really impressed with the dollar but the point of the scene is that joe doesn't care about the money she just wants to be doing something she wants to be productive she wants to sell her stories mm. but in this version she does say that she's she wants to get better and that's partly why she's doing it but she also says soon i'll be making 10 times that <laughs> and that's not a thing from the book because she didn't care about the money like it literally did not matter to her she just cared that someone liked her story enough to buy it but in this version she acts like she's excited that soon she'll be able to make a lot of money from this and she didn't care in the book so they kind of like missed the point yeah that's that's what it felt like to me because I, I think that's the point of Lori not being excited about the dollar right it's like it's yeah because Lori Lori is technically he's rich so a dollar is nothing to him yeah well i mean dollar was worth a lot more back then so it's it's, it's like nothing and it's like well mm -hmm. it's not nothing because it's more about doing it yeah yeah which is true for a lot of people who do their, like their passions mm -hmm. and that was the the point that was the point yeah yeah i get that yeah the the anime did not get that across i thought it was a weird scene yeah so from that, we get the telegram scene next. And this is another change that they made to this version, but I feel like they make this to every version in that mm. their father has been wounded and their mother has to go tend to him. In the book, he just is sick. He didn't get wounded in battle. He just fell very ill and their mother needed to go and care for him. Mm. But I guess it's more dramatic to have him gravely wounded in battle so i get why most versions change that and this one is no different he was in this version he's wounded and marmy has to go tend to him because it makes him more of a hero yeah because he got wounded trying to fight slavery mm -hmm. and then we get another scene that's basically taken from the 1949 version joe goes to aunt march to get money for marmy so that she have she can go like, because they don't have enough money for her to make this journey. Mm -hmm. And in the book, Lori is the one who goes to Aunt March. And Joe wants to do something. And that's when she goes and sells her hair. But in the 1949 version, which I feel like they just straight up took that scene from there. Joe goes to Aunt March. They have this whole argument where Aunt March basically says that your father brought this on himself. And Joe storms out. 
and then eventually goes to sell her hair. I guess what I should also mention, back at the beginning, something that this version added in was that the shopkeeper points out Joe's hair and says that she can get money for it, for selling yeah, it. Yeah, I was like, foreshadowing. Yeah, and yeah. That's, that's never been a thing. Yeah, Somebody at the beginning of the story telling Joe that she can get money for selling her hair. But they decided, I guess, that that needed to be a, a thing for foreshadowing in this one. So at the beginning, the shopkeeper tells Joe that she can sell her hair for money. And then she remembers that in this scene and then goes and sells her hair. In some ways, I kind of get it because to us, like the thought of selling our hair is not as mm-hmm. common as it was back then. Yeah. You know, especially like um, a J- Japanese modern audience, modern for the 80s. Um, just like, why Why is she selling her hair? Like, why is that the first stop? Uh, what? Mm-hmm. They buy hair? You know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Um so I, I guess they set that up to explain that more, but it, it I don't know. It's, it is clumsy. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just really obvious yeah. where I would probably like have a poster that the girls pass by or something. We buy hair, you know, mm-hmm. it, so it's, it's, it's one of those things that it would help if there were more time to tell the story because mm. a lot more time is given to this in the book. It's not something that if you're trying to do a two hour movie or a one hour special, you're going to want to devote enough time for Joe trying to figure out how to get some money. The hair thing came about when she basically was wandering through town trying to figure out what she could do. And then she sees a sign and then goes in and there's a whole discussion with the barber and the barber's wife about selling her hair. And that's a lot of time that they probably don't want to spend in telling the story. So they tried to shorten it as much as they could. So, oh, for the Aunt March scene, I just have Aunt March is a bee. <laughs> yeah. I, and but in the context of the 49 movie, I feel like 30s and 40s stories relied a lot on having an antagonist character. That's probably true. And that's probably why she was made out to be so much more of an antagonist. Because Aunt March did feel this way. Like all the things she said to Joe, she did feel that way. And mm. in the book, it's more of like, you get more of her inner dialogue. I think she writes a letter to Marmy. Like when she sends the money with Lori, she includes a letter that basically in roundabout way says, I told you so. But she gives the money right away with no question. She, mm. But she still does feel some of these things. She's just not as wildly harsh about it yeah. as she is in this version, in the 49 version. But she, she does yeah, feel- like Even if things. she agrees, even if she thinks that, you know, he deserved it. Who would say this to the child? Yes, yes. Yeah, who did not choose for her dad to go to war mm-hmm. and is worried about his, her dad, just wants mm-hmm. to get her mom there to him. Like, how evil. Yeah, she yeah. basically comes off as someone who is like pure evil in this version until she has a wild change of character, which does not happen in the book. Yeah. Because later well, she after- isn't as evil in the book. No. After this is when Joe marches out, she goes and sells her hair, but Aunt March then goes back and gives the money to Marmy. And then you have this whole scene of her like apologizing and saying she was wrong and that she was being selfish. And then she has this whole thing about it's wrong for a man to own another man. Just this long speech that is not in the book. Mm. And while Aunt March does sometimes say things that she regrets in the book, she would not come out and say those things. 
Like she might regret them inside and then try and do things to make up for her actions in other ways, but she does not go on. She does not apologize for them. She would not have this whole long speech about how I was wrong. Please forgive me, whatever. She, She would just regret them inside and then try and make up for it without people seeing her being penitent about it. Mm-hmm. This is that was, that was such a weird like 180 change of character in this version to have her being like this evil witch in one scene and then super apologetic in the next scene. It was just weird. I'm gonna guess they just did you know time issues maybe. Partly, but I think they also wanted to have something about the Civil War again because she has that line about it's wrong for a man to own another man and your, I did your, think that your husband was weird. is actually brave, even though I said he shouldn't go. Yeah, I did think that was weird because I was like, but didn't you say he brought it on, on himself too? And yeah, that's why it was just such a weird, complete 180 in her attitude. Yeah. Did she say you're still rude to Joe? Yes. <laughs> that made me laugh. So, so, <laughs> so she completely changed her tune. And then she turns around and tell jo- tells Joe that she's still rude and has bad manners. <laughs> <laughs> Says the woman who was scolding a child for being worried about her dad. Yeah. It's... <laughs> this is a weird version. <laughs> that's, yeah, yeah. That's it. It's just weird. There was also that line where Joe says, I know you didn't mean all the things you said. And she says, not most of them. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. <laughs> <laughs> i was like well, you know this is rug sweeping to the max but um <laughs> yeah I, so, I i just love that line you're still rude i'm apologizing to you and it's my fault but you are rude <laughs> yeah but then that is kind of that would be more of if if aunt march were to apologize in the book i could totally see her turning around and saying that <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. So then we get the, not the I don't want to say it's iconic, but the 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 main thing with Beth, other than the piano, the main Beth storyline, she comes down with scarlet fever. While Marmy is gone, she's going and taking care of the Hamnals. Mm. <laughs> Hamnals, Hamnals, whatever their name is, the Hummels in the book. Mm. She's taking care of them and the baby straight up dies in her arms and that's in the book. And the way it was described in the book is like chilling. Like I, I, she, she writes that scene very well. They do shorten it here. It's this scene does not have the emotional impact that either the 49 version or the book has. Of course. So she's sick now. They have, they, this is all very, very short because this is within the last, maybe less than 10 minutes this is all mm. run through so quickly amy is sent away in the book she lives with aunt march for weeks if not months while beth mm. is sick and this everything happens within days if not hours <laughs> <laughs> it's so short so she falls ill mother is sent for but in the book there's a whole thing about they're not going to send for her because they don't want to worry her because she's trying to care for their father and beth is sick for a long time getting worse and worse and worse before they decide to send for their mother. Mm. Here, they basically send for her right away. So she comes home and she's getting better. Like she's, she falls ill and is almost instantly getting well again. And then 
a few weeks pass, it's almost Christmas and father comes home and there's the whole reunion scene with them slow motion running to his arms. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that struck me as funny. It just did. <laughs> and I also thought it was funny. He like, in this, he like hugged the other three girls and presumably Beth is feeling left out on the couch. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I would have just took it as that she was too weak to move. But if I was the dad, I would be like, I'm going to go over to her and we'll hug together. Like, I oh, that's true. <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay, though. <laughs> but yeah, that's pretty much it. The, after he comes home, there's another thing from the narrator about war and how these little girls are growing into little women. And that's the end. Which is weird because other than Meg, I don't feel like they're really growing into little women in this. They don't no, age. Not really. Yeah. They they did not spend enough time. Like you can tell the time is supposed to be passing, but everything is sped through so quickly that it doesn't really feel like time is passing very fast. It just doesn't look like time's passing very fast. No, too. they didn't visibly age them at all. Yeah. The Which, only difference is Joe gets a haircut. Yeah. And being that this is animated, because with the live action versions, that's one of the limitations with that is that it's really hard to age them up mm. with animation. It would be so much easier. <laughs> you can have them really young at the beginning and have them gradually aging as the story progresses and have it visible and noticeable, but they did not do that in this one. In some ways for cheaper productions, I think in some ways it can be harder because then they have to do character designs yeah. for different age. Mm-hmm. But I think with this, like since in this, it's kind of like in the context of one year, at least that's how I remember the anime portraying it, that it's the anime is like one year. They could have just done, at least made them like look different think, at the end. I think it's two years. I don't know. I think the anime is one year though. Like It starts at Christmas. Yeah. Does Maybe I'm remembering this wrong, but doesn't a year pass because she's given the piano at the next Christmas or is that the whole season like the whole beginning part I don't remember I don't remember that because it ends at Christmas too because it opens on Christmas and it ends on Christmas but there was a Christmas in the middle but I don't remember if that was supposed to be the same Christmas or not I I was under the impression that the anime is one year it's not super defined yeah it needed to have been more defined yeah anyway Um. Anyway, so, I mean, technically, it's kind of a decent representation of the first part, but it's also not at all, and I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> yeah, I feel the same way. It's it's kind of like an overview, but if you're wanting to introduce somebody to this story, don't start them with this one. This is like the spark notes written by someone who hasn't seen the movie. I mean, <laughs> a book. Someone who's seen the movie, but not the book. This is like the spark notes version of that. Um, That's kind of a good way to put it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks for having me on for this discussion of Little Woman. Do you have anything else to talk about for it? I I don't have any more notes. No, that was the end of my notes. Yeah, Yeah. thanks for joining me. This was fun. Yeah, it was. I kind of was thinking, like, 
is this going to be long enough that we're going to be able to devote an entire episode to it? But yeah, we had plenty to talk about. Yeah, we did. Yeah. <laughs> did, did we go longer than the anime itself? I think we did. Uh, yeah. I think we started around <laughs> eight o'clock and it's now quarter to 10. So I'll, I'll probably edit this down. But yeah, we talked for a while. Yeah. Well, that's good. You have some content. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I guess that'll probably be the end. Do you want to let people know where they can find you? Yes, I am uh, still she haunts me phantomwise on Tumblr on a blog I don't update anymore. But you can <laughs> currently find me on YouTube under phantomwise, and I'm also part of my uh, partner's channel, Curiouser Archive. Okay, we mainly okay. do Alice Wonderland, not Little Women, but uh, I like a lot of children's <laughs> literature, so you can hit me up. <laughs> yeah, and I'll yeah. have that linked in the description. And we're we recorded these out of order, but next month she'll be back with Sam. And we'll be talking about more Alice content. Yay. <laughs> All right. Well, I would love to come on for anything else in the future. This, oh, this I'm is fun. sure we'll have you back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, I don't know how much I could say about Little Women. <laughs> well, I, at some point, I really would like to talk about the anime series and then the follow-up series. I think there were two for Little Women. Mm. And there was one for Joe's Boys. I'd have to do a little bit more research, but a lot of them are available, I think, on YouTube. So it would be interesting to cover them in the future. So maybe for a future series on Little Women, we'll we'll be back for talking about a lot more anime. Yeah, sure, sure. Sounds fun. Okay, well, I guess until next time. All right, bye, guys. Thank you to Jenna for joining me for this episode of Every Version Ever. If you want more from her, I'll have her links in the description, and she'll be back for more episodes sooner than you think. We've already recorded one for our next dive into Alice in Wonderland, but we actually ended up doing an almost spur-of-the-moment follow-up to this episode, which will be coming even before that one. And that'll be coming soon, but I think I might actually need to take a quick break from the show, just a week, to catch up on some other projects. But I will be back at the beginning of April with a brand new episode and a brand new guest continuing our series on Little Women. Next time we'll be covering another obscure version, though definitely not quite as obscure as an animated Japanese TV special from the 80s. No, next time we're coming back to America, my friend Lisa will be joining me to talk about a 1978 NBC television miniseries. This was a two-episode, three-hour adaptation of the story, starring a bunch of recognizable television personalities from the time, though I personally wasn't that familiar with many of them. However, there is one pretty big one that stood out to me, with Captain Kirk himself, William Shatner, playing Professor Bear. Yes, it's probably as strange as you're imagining. So, we'll see you next time for another episode of Every Version Ever of Little Women. Thanks for listening. And so, that Christmas, the March family was reunited. The war had separated them, but it could not keep them apart. With the spirits of love and self-sacrifice, old bonds were strengthened and new ones were forged. Through the scourge of war and the perils of poverty and sickness, life went on turning young girls into little women.